Hi. Hello. Hello. Hey. How you doing? So excited. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we (laughs) like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at a busy birth center and home birth practice. I'm Meredith Rao, also a midwife with the same home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and a birth assistant with you guys at our out-of-hospital practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who are you? I heard someone new in there. Hi, I'm Vianna Serbone. I'm a nurse midwife. Um, I'm on faculty at WVU and a member of the faculty practice there. There yeah. are seven midwives. Woo. Ooh, wow. you have to work with six other midwives? It's fabulous. Is it fabulous or it terrifying? I Mostly fabulous. <laughs> It works well. We like each other a lot. We are That's beyond perfect. excited to have you here today. Oh my gosh, so excited. So excited. Yay. All right, I want to talk about how we met, how Good we came together. <laughs> I usually came together. So I think the introduction started when we got an email yeah. from a fan yep. who said that she had met you. No, so, she said... Right? She sent an email to us saying that she loved our podcast and something, something or other. And she was from Maine. Right. And so I emailed her back and I was like, oh, how'd you hear about our podcast? And then can you tell us a little bit about it? So I met her at the farmer's market in Maine. We went on vacation. Farmer's markets are the best. And I don't know how we started talking about birth. My husband would say, because you're always talking about birth. (laughs) Um, And I told her about your podcast. Yeah. And gave her my name, and then she must have listened, which is yeah, lovely. Yeah. And it all came full circle. Yeah, because then she, which is exactly what I said, by the way, in other words, Shut that up. she had met someone in Maine on vacation. <laughs> that is what so said. then I got all excited and was like, oh, my God, a CNM that's local that supports our podcast. I'm going to call you. But you have no social media. I tried to stalk you on social media. I tried to find you on the interweb. (laughs) And all I could find was your practice. So I called and left a message with you at your front desk. (laughs) Which is always like questionable for us. But that was great. We never know people would be like, fuck off. So they were like, "You do you want to make an appointment? And I was like, no. (laughs) No, I just want to be a friend. (laughs) And I was like, so I kind of have a podcast and I want to talk to her. She goes, Oh, okay. I'll give her your number. And then you did call back. I called immediately because I was excited because I'm a fangirl. Oh, my gosh. So she was like, oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. And and so here we are. So how did you hear about our podcast? I heard about your podcast at a MOV, which is the Midwives Alliance of West Virginia, which is the Home Birth Association in West Virginia meeting where somebody was saying how great it was. And well, I started that, listening. To oh, it excites so me weird. as well. <laughs> that is cool. That is yeah. really, it's funny mm-hmm. to, when people are like, oh my God, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, that's strange. <laughs> it's a Why? good, it's a good balance. Um, I do work in a hospital and though we try to make the births as comfy and homey and natural as possible. Um, I do work at a tertiary care center, so I do take care of a lot of high-risk patients um, uh, who still want midwifery care. Uh, so I often listen to your podcast either on the way to births or on the way home from births to just That's sort of so awesome. balance the energy. Yeah. <laughs> we are a lot. We are unbalanced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now that you've met us in real life and you've heard some of the things we talk about when the mics are not on, <laughs> are we more wild than you expected us to be? Or are we about somewhere where you expected exactly us to be? Exactly where I expected to be. <laughs> and it makes me really happy. And you I bought, just, we brought the best snacks too. We did. We did. And did I just want to be dragged around around 
all parts of, <laughs> of West Virginia. Tucker County. No, that's good. Oh, yeah. It's fine. This is a lovely place. We're we held true and gave her the wrong address where she was waiting for us as we were waiting for her. It's all Can good. Can do a shout out to my dear friend Liz who I texted at like 8 yes. p.m. last night? Yay, it was Liz. like, we're at Tip Top. Come see us. And she's like, girl, they are closed. And so that <laughs> Thank was God. Googling you, places that are open. And she's like, just come in my face. Come in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. And then she has this whole sign. Yeah, she has a sign for us. She's got this like sweet little Airbnb in her basement. So I don't know what the fuck we would have done without her. So good. Yeah. So thankful for Liz. Well, we would have had to drive an extra hour to my house where the dogs would have been jumping on you (laughs) and and barking. <laughs> oh, I would hate. I would be like too oh far, my God. too far. Already pan- I could oh. just see her in quarter mm. H, just like panicking. Nah, on the drive it's here. all good. Kim, you had something you wanted to say yes. about things we were talking about before we turned the mics on. Mm-hmm. Something. Oh well, just you know how we talk for like forty million hours before we actually get going, and to hear. Um, yeah, like like we're all we're all trying to say her name it's correctly. Fine. It's Russian. I like to think of that as like mm-hmm. podcast foreplay. It's actually the best. It's true. It's That's actually perfect. the best part. Actually, yes, mm-hmm. so we it's true. Yeah. And then it makes the actual podcast better. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I miss a lot of really good content. Let's be honest. <laughs> but my listen in, in regards to your name, my mm-hmm. friend Melissa says I'm just another stupid white girl. So that's why we can't get any name that's like not American. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just the way it works. So we were talking about like how hard our job is and how we give everything, like give everything you've given 20, how many years? 27. 27 years. And then recently something had occurred in your life that instead of it just being like, oh, this is a normal occurrence over 27 years, it's like you're now questioning your entire being. Yes. You know, and you're looking at like, oh, my God, am I a good midwife? Am I worth being here? Is all this okay? And I was like, damn, that is just it just summarizes like we give everything we have always on call, always Mm -hmm. working. And then one thing will happen and it's and all it just, just makes like everything go out of whack. Yeah. But it also just like speaks to how much you care about what you do. Like that to me is so admirable. Like, ev- like obviously, like you said, we never wish this upon your worst enemies. But like how lucky are your like patients that they have someone who cares so much. Clients. That- clients patients whoever <laughs> what that like that you care so much that this one thing happens that's very like reasonable and you should be overwhelmingly supported it and you're like just giving it so much weight and value in your life like that's people are lucky to have you and have people who care about birth because it's really hard i think it's also interesting because when something good happens we don't take the credit i mean we Mm -hmm. pretend we pretend to take the credit like she only pushed for five minutes but it actually has nothing to do with us but when something bad happens we go yes. over every yeah. second and we say, oh, what could oh, I have done? So what could true. I have done? And so that's one. I've, I've been teaching midwifery and I also teach residents, OB residents, which I think is probably oh, a good thing. Yes. Because cool. um, we're on faculty at the med school. Um, and so all the midwives teach the residents. But oh, I love some, that. Mm-hmm. It's making them better docs. Yes, <laughs> it is. But when... Um, when something bad happens, we all tend to beat ourselves up for it. And, you know, my answer to that is, well, if it had been good, would you have taken credit? Like you can't, yeah. you can't take credit just for the bad things. Yeah, and of course, so true. we can learn from them and we're not perfect. And we were joking about humility earlier when I yeah. came in. Buckets but of it. <laughs> so much humility. But honestly, you can always be better, right? You can always learn something. But yes. But the taking credit for the negative, I think, is something that people especially women tend to do oh yeah um, yeah and sure. there's definitely a lesson there mm-hmm. and especially women who are so passionate about what they do but you had told us before we started recording how many babies you have 
assisted into the world so, at this point in time. Yeah, it's somewhere. I think it's fifteen forty-six. It's almost. Oh, you're so keeping track. I do. I have. Oh. I have a logbook. I don't. That's do that. amazing. We can't even, like, like we're yeah. never like Kim's gone to a lot of birth, so we mm-hmm. can't even like begin not like to that fathom mm-hmm. that number. <laughs> What's well, like, funny? How do you sleep and poop and eat and breathe? Because I have six great partners and lovely That's docs true. who work with me as well. I was on. I've, I was thinking on the way here about the different kinds of practices I've worked in, and I, um, my first job was National Health Service Corps, so it was in a small town um, on the Idaho Oregon border, um, and there were three midwives, so I was on call a third of the time, and then I was in practice at a um, an HMO and there were three midwives and I was on call a third of the time and then I was on call by myself um, and that was weird but I had very few births was that a, like super eye-opening and like I need people or was well it, it was like, so refreshing? it was so slow I love that I knew all the patients so well yeah. right or the right. clients so well because I was the only person who saw them and so they expected to see me and it was me and you know now I'm in practice with six other people and there's the weird thing of like, oh, Kim, you're in labor and I met you once when you were One 10 weeks. One time, uh, yes. Here we are. And um, I had a, a partner who said, it's okay, the first hour of labor is for prenatal visits, like I'll catch up. And so we do get good at bonding quickly and yeah, in yeah. crisis and birth, of course, is crisis. And it's like such a sacred space too that's really yeah. easy to connect with people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's hard because, and also like, you know, your favorite patient, the patient that you really bond with yeah. tends to deliver on, you know, just his day. And your you're like, oh, day. Yeah. yes. But oh. I think um, what that I love- to us and we have many, right. much less clients. Right. But <laughs> I love, I love that, I am now in practice with six amazing women. Shout out to them if yeah, they're yeah, listening. Yeah. Um, awesome. Is that I know if I'm going off call and the next person is coming that they're going to get the same good care and I can look in my client's eyes and say, it's fine, yeah. Betsy's coming or Emily's coming or Kelly's coming and they're going to get great care. You better and that say the other two. Um, and Kayla and Karen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Name get them all in there. I know, you guys got to say them all. <laughs> and Kate, and Kate. I'm not forgetting you, Kate. Perfect. <laughs> we are taking this opportunity while we are interviewing you because we've talked a little bit about on the podcast about different routes to midwifery and also how the birth community as a whole works together because a, a lot of people anyone who's in birth knows that there is this divide between sometimes it's hospital versus home or even cnm versus cpm and so i know it's been one of our goals on this podcast to try and bridge that a little bit and so we were gonna we were gonna talk a little bit about those things the different routes yeah, yeah. so before we talk about it and i want to I want to see why you chose the route you went on. I'm going to take this second to put a little plug shout in there. Shout out to yourself. Well, shout out to myself. Um, those of you who know me well know that I took a contracting job with Midwifery Wisdom to start teaching Woo-woo. and bestowing what small amount of wisdom I have on other people. So the first course, and I love students. I love teaching. It's my passion. So my first course is Pathways to Midwifery, um, a complete like guide for aspiring midwives. And so when you suggested that we talk about Pathways, I was like, that's fucking like, weird. And I was like, oh, I don't have to say anything. Yeah. I already got an entire outline. That's going to be so easy. That's so weird. I have 52 <laughs> slides to support this podcast. <laughs> Slides. <laughs> Let me show the you slides. So um, you're scheduled to teach your first person, first in-person course at a big conference. Oh, conference. that yeah, that's a whole other thing. So my oh, the, it's different. yeah, it's different. So my midwifery. course is that midwifery today. 
Or, no, no, it's um, it's the Midwifery Wisdom Retreat. Oh, nice. So it's super awesome. So that's next November. If you guys get your early bird tickets, it's way cheaper if you order before. So much cheaper. January we'll keep so plugging it too. Like, yeah, so, so I'll talk about that's about the it. Midwifery um, Retreat Conference, which is yep. freaking awesome. Like Barbara Sounds Harper amazing. is going to be there along with a million other midwives you all yeah, know. Yeah, skills sound awesome. If you yeah, skills. skills and drills. But that's a whole other thing. But the Aspiring Midwives course launches this Friday. And then you can sign up to take my first class on January 9th. Yeah, and then I'll be having yeah. so many more after that. But anyway, yeah. so that's, that's my fun thing about Kim that I don't know if we really goals. talked about is like you've always wanted to teach like you love midwifery, but teaching has ultimately been your end goal for a long yeah. time now where so. I can be off call. It's happening. <laughs> it is happening. So I'm super excited. We'll talk more about all those things that I'm doing during our transitions yes. episode. But I just wanted to plug that real quick because you had discussed yeah. Doing the pathways. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came to your path? She can't even help herself. God, you <laughs> need to get laid, okay? It's bad. It's bad. It will I'm come sorry. at the right. It will come at the right time. <laughs> all, all shall be, all shall be revealed. All shall be revealed. <laughs> so none shall pass. So I figured out that I wanted to be a midwife when I was 17. I grew up in a little bit of a hippie, funky community where a lot of people had home births. So I knew about home births. Um, and I went to college and was going to be a translator for the Dalai Lama mm. because what? I had, I know. Wait, I hold gonna, on. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to learn Tibetan and all the schools that I applied to um, taught Tibetan. So I applied to Harvard and UVA and Berkeley and... Wesleyan, I think. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Smart. I know. So I went to Harvard. My son so is now in Harvard. So you're beautiful and smart. <laughs> Double threat girl. And Watch kind. out. <laughs> and my kid goes to Harvard too. Not that I'm not proud. <gasps> you He's should be ginger. proud. Oh, back, I oh my yes. I dropped yeah. out of community college once. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I got there and Tibetan was really hard. And that's, and they expected you to have two years of Sanskrit, which I didn't have. And I thought, oh, okay. Um, and I took a women's and I thought, well, maybe I won't be a translator. Maybe I'm a math major. Um, and I was going to be a what? math major. It, who does that? <laughs> it, it spoke to me. Oh, my um, God. But then um, in the spring semester, I took a women's studies class and I interviewed um, midwives at a birth center in mm -hmm. Cambridge. And I thought, oh, oh this is cool so cool. Were yeah. they, do mm -hmm. you know off the top of your head if they were CNMs or CPMs? They were CNMs. Or, they okay. were, I think they were connected to Mount Auburn Hospital, if okay. I'm not mistaken. And I thought, oh, I should do this. And it all just was like, bing, 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 bing. And then I continued on at school and got a, ling uh, my degree was in Russian language and literature because Russian was my first language. So it was the cop-out easy major. Oh my um, God. But it was the cop-out easy so major. so much cooler than no. we are. Could we no, no, do an no. episode about how cool yeah. you are? <laughs> I think we could. Yeah. That'll be the second part of this episode. <laughs> but I grew up speaking Russian. So it was kind of like, you know, if your dad is a doctor, you do pre-med. But it meant I could take graduate level courses, even though I was an yeah. undergrad. And it was really good for me to learn it on my own, not my not my father's Russian literature, not my mother's Russian literature, but my own. But when I finished school, I went out to California to be um, a mother's helper for a dear, dear friend of mine. And I started studying with a home birth midwife um, and named Ann Fuller, um, who I believe is still in practice. I'm not sure. And I, it was a year long, like on Saturday, you went all day and learned skills. It's the first time I learned how to use a oh speculum um, and sort of about home birth. And uh, I thought, oh, this is what I want to do. Um, and most of the people who took that class did become home birth midwives. But 
I am from a family where you go to college, mm-hmm. and I'm Jewish, so of course everyone wanted me to be a doctor. Yeah. Um, and I started You're a doctor. <laughs> a doctor. Yeah. Or a lawyer. Exactly. <laughs> Those are the only choices. That's a very good joke. About Talk that. amongst <laughs> yourselves. Exactly. A very I come good joke. from the least Jewish yeah. family out of all the Jews, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. was not a priority yeah. in my Well, there's family. the joke. <laughs> also, would you have even made it a priority if it was? Right. Yes, probably No, because not. I also <laughs> like to rebel, yeah. so. Well, there's the joke about the first Jewish president is being inaugurated, and his mother is sitting next to somebody, and she leans over. And she says, his brother's a doctor. <laughs> so, but I came from that kind of family. So the question was, be a CNM, be a CPM. I mean, at that point, CPM wasn't really happy. This was in oh, the late no. 80s. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, just be a, a home birth, direct entry midwife. And I started realizing, and I was, a, I also trained to be a doula. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to some births, is that most women in this country, I mean, at that time, it was 99 plus percent have their babies in a hospital. Mm, and I thought, yes. I'm going to go where the women are. Mm-hmm. Like that was completely it. It wasn't home birth, hospital birth, better, worse. It was, worse, like, be it was like, that's where the people I mean, are. There it's, were a lot of people mm-hmm. having home births at mm-hmm. that time, but it was so like under the right. radar that mm-hmm. it was so hard to even know who they were. Or like you had to go to like secret meetings mm-hmm. and I was like finding a drug yeah. dealer. Right. Like, right. do you know a home birth midwife? Yeah. <laughs> and I was I connected. I was very, I don't know. You have to come to seven more meetings. Exactly. So we, make sure <laughs> we might tell you. They want a home birth <laughs> midwife. Yeah. yeah. And I was in California where it was, happening more I yeah. think um, but I just felt like if most of the women are having their babies in hospitals maybe they, they deserve midwifery birth as well Yes, mm-hmm. and they do and they, they do. do and the um, hospital I'm so excited to hear more about your perspective because mm-hmm. we have a lot of colleagues who mm-hmm. started out out of hospital doing like home birth and center birth and then have shifted towards becoming nurse midwives or mm-hmm. nurses and so that's something we've always wondered it's like how hard is it to hold on to your authenticity and and like your passion for holistic birth when you're in a system that doesn't support that. So I'm like really excited to like hear your story. Well, more that now. was why one of the reasons I didn't become an obstetrician because mm-hmm. um, I worked, I was working at San Francisco general as a secretary um, and I worked in a little teeny office, probably as big as like from here to the Island, like tiny with mm-hmm. one other woman, it's like five feet. <laughs> it's tiny. And every person who came in, I'd say, Oh, what do you do? Like, Jess, what do you do? And are you happy that you did it? Every single doctor who came in, and would you tell your kid to do it? And this was, again, the late 80s. HMOs were just starting. Every single physician who came in said, I love being a doctor. I would not tell my child to be a doctor, which was really sad. And they were all obstetrician gynecologists. Every nurse who came in said, oh, God, be a doctor. They call the shots. And you don't want to be told what to do. Interesting. Every midwife who came in said, oh, yeah, be a midwife. (laughs) And it's the only um, project um, or experiment I've ever done that's been 100% in each phase. Hmm. Every single physician said, don't be a doctor. Every single nurse said, be a doctor. And every single midwife said, be a midwife. And How interesting. Which, which is so be, interesting. It's more interesting outside mm-hmm. of hospital culture because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of midwives in the out of hospital mm-hmm. would be like, don't be a midwife, be mm-hmm. a doula. <laughs> right, right. They well, make more money and yeah. work less hours. <laughs> but again, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I knew some residents who were sort of home birth friendly, et cetera. And as they went through residency, they just, they couldn't hold on to it. Yeah. And so I did decide to become a midwife because I'd be one of a bunch of crazy people, you know, like we all had that you gotta hold the no, port. <laughs> normal birth is fine. And the woman's body and birth is physiologic. And mm-hmm. this is good. And I didn't, um, I also never wanted to be a physician. I mean, I did yeah. talk to people about it because I didn't want to wish later that I had done it. Um, and so I applied, I, because my degree was in Russian, um, <laughs> I applied to a bridge program that did your whole RN in a year. Nice. Um, oh, there are a couple of gosh. those. So I did my That's whole insane. RN in a year um, and then got my 
my actual licensure a year after that because you didn't I didn't have enough clinical hours. But everyone who was in that program knew they wanted to be a nurse practitioner or a nurse midwife. Um, and that was at Yale, which is the second Ivy. Your second yes, my parents Ivy. are very proud. Your car has so many bumper stickers on my it. My car only has one <laughs> college bumper sticker that says Harvard Parent because <laughs> I'm proud of my kid. I love her yeah. so much. I, Wait, I can I kid. ask you the yeah. big question? Sure. Are your parents proud of you? Oh my gosh. Are they? Yeah. Though actually my mother, who's kind of a crazy person, may she rest in peace, she brought me to Harvard oh. and she said, first of all, she felt that I had sold out. Oh no. Yeah. But then she said, since you're here, she said, remember every well, single day you are an empty bowl and the, the your job is to fill yourself with knowledge. Oh um, my So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And my dad was proud. Okay. Because yeah, he also, he's Stanford and Columbia. So, okay. You know, that's the kind of family. So being that yeah. you studied Russian and then mm-hmm. went into birth, mm-hmm. have you ever watched the birth documentary, mm-hmm. Birth as We Know It? Yes. Oh yes. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that I might go and, and do some stuff with birth, but... um. Uh, now every once in a while, because we're in Morgantown, I do get a Russian speaking client yeah. and that's oh, really that's nice fun. for them and nice for me. Yeah. Um, birth as we know, it was one of the documentaries mm-hmm. I watched like in my early days. Yeah. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. And it's, it's like, so like mm-hmm. out there where mm-hmm. women are like going mm-hmm. into the sea, right. Get right. Birth with right. dolphins right. and like there's an orgasmic just, birth. Yeah. Scene. That's what Winchester makes fun of incessantly. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Except know. ours are in barns cause we don't have dolphins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with the cows. Yeah. But it did. It shaped mm-hmm. yeah. somewhat my view of like birth being physiological, mm-hmm. even though it's been tempered over mm-hmm. the years. Like I probably wouldn't climb into the ocean. To ha- mm-hmm. I, I might. Uh, climb you into might. You like the ocean. If a dolphin is so cold in there, you'd have to be in Key West. I think it's warm. But if a dolphin was going to be there for my birth, mm-hmm. then I probably would do it actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I labored in a baby pool because it was in West Virginia. <laughs> and my <laughs> three-year-old, and my three-year-old animal in it. No, but my three-year-old was pouring water over my oh head. Oh my God. So that was nice. Did you have the fishy, the fishy mm-hmm. pool? No. Like the kitty pool with the fishies? No fish. So okay. do you feel comfortable? Yeah. yeah. So you were a nurse mm-hmm. midwife at mm-hmm. a hospital. Mm-hmm. Do you feel comfortable sharing what your birth choices were for your own birth? Oh, absolutely. So I had my babies at home and I knew that I always would. My husband was a little nervous about it. Um, he is a philosopher though. Um, I gave him some um, some books to read um, by a British midwife who's like the Dr. Spock of midwifery in Britain. Mm. Um, and she's amazing. And he said, oh my God, this is like Foucault. Like we've created this. We, no, seriously, this is, well, my husband is very brainy. Um, he's way smarter than I am. Um, and he- I can't believe it. He- um, <laughs> He said, we've created a society or a culture where birth is dangerous. And in fact, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, And I was like, yes, because I wasn't going to have a baby at home without his support because that's just weird. And of course, my whole family was like, what do you mean? You're not going to a hospital. What do you want to die? Exactly. Um, Though afterwards they got used to it and my father this is actually cute my father um just passed away a couple of years ago but he um he liked that i was giving birth at home because it was before cell phones because it was you know my babies were born in 2001 2004 and 2006 yeah. um is that he didn't have to go through a switchboard to get to me while i was in labor <laughs> like that was his take on home that's birth. why he was, supported yeah, you was that he could call me and get me right? um so i had my babies at home with um with both a CNM who now is one of the few CNMs who does home births in West Virginia and also home birth midwives. Cause I figured I was my, um, my midwife's first home birth yeah. and her first oh, that's so double cool. and her first three Pete. Um, I think oh, some people wow. have now beat me cause they've had more oh. kids, but, um, yeah. but so that practice, the nurse midwives who worked with her also covered for her so she could come to my birth. So like that so whole practice. Your midwife that's still Angie Nixon, Angelita Nixon. 
don't know. Yeah, that. she's. You should you know? know her. She's we'll very cool. Yeah, she listens to this podcast as well. Hey, Angie. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> We're um, gonna look you up and stalk you now, yeah. just so um, you know. So she she does um she does home births um as a CNM in West Virginia, which is really cool. So she was there, but it was her first home birth. So I also had Martha White there, who is now retired, um, but was a home birth midwife in West Virginia for a long time so because awesome. I figured I needed the knowledge of home birth plus the CNM part. And yeah. I was working in Preston County at that time, and my hospital was on call for me. My pediatrician was on call for me if we had to transfer. Wow. Um, the doc who's That's there was on call awesome. for me. But again, so nice. it's because I was me, and I could like yeah. kind of fix like, it. That. You know, but what if everyone so you're could really do that? Really, which they really, should, right? Right. Like, right. Even in pregnancy, yeah. you were already right. building bridges. Right. But the thing is that sh- it should be that way for yeah. everybody. Yeah. It shouldn't yes. be. And we'll talk later, but I did help write a protocol um, with one of the docs um, who I love and admire um, to make a protocol for people to transfer into WVU. And since it's the university, it's the big place. It's really right. where you should be transferring mm-hmm. in because if yeah. something's really wrong, they're there, especially right. if it's with the baby because we have a NICU. Oh, but maybe, but yeah. all the births <laughs> were perfect. I mean, they all were really different, but they all were perfect. And um, a lot of the same people were there. Angie was there for all three of them. My husband was there for all yeah. three of them. Franny was there for all three of them. And you had those mm-hmm. like so three different experiences mm-hmm. that were so amazing. And you can bring that into the hospital setting. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, why does your mom work in the hospital? Mm-hmm. Why? Because right. you need that. Right. Mm-hmm. We need that more mm-hmm. in the hospital. We you do. can make such a difference and a mm-hmm. beautiful change for women when they come in. Well, I mean, I know what fast births feel like. I know what slow births feel like. I don't know what epidural feels like, but I, I can yeah. say I am so proud of you. That is so brave. And if that's what you need, that's great. And yeah. I, right. I mean it. It's not yeah. condescending. Um, but I did have, it, it is nice. Every once in a while, I had a client who we were talking about my births and her choices, whatever. And she said, I'm sorry, I'm just going to ask you this. Why are you working here? Yeah. You know, because it's big <laughs> tertiary care center, all these doctors. But I love teaching residents. I think it gives them another stripe of knowledge that they wouldn't have Um, I love working with the docs I work with they know so much more than I do about so many things and yet I know more than they do about other things and they do they say can you go in there she's like go do your midwife thing I don't know what to hug her or something yeah (laughs) can you go like push um, on her back please yeah but um but just share your energy with her and it'll help (laughs) um but I think we have a lot of mutual respect at WVU some of the attendings were my medical students some of them were my residents so I have a I go way back and we send out a um a survey after um, uh, after they graduate, saying what were the positive things about the program, what were the negative things about the program, and even though I think when they're in the program they don't notice it as much, they notice it when they're first years because they've never got a baby and we do all the normal births with them, yeah. and then they get a little older and then they go through this like teenage thing where they're like, I know more than you and I'm a doctor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that's okay, yes. it's that. really okay, it's really but okay. You know when they're doing, yeah. it. oh, and Meredith did that to me. Yeah, I'm used to it, but at first I was like, what? I caught, you know, you caught your first baby with me, but they need to go through that. And by the time they leave, they realize like, hey, someone wants to push on the bathtub or someone wants to push on their hands and knees. And they're like, oh yeah, I've done that. And they're fine with it. And they're really great. So important. Yeah. Like, I don't know anything. I know everything. And then you come back. Oh, wait, I know nothing. I realize you know nothing. (laughs) um, When I went to school in Gainesville, Mm -hmm. the, the midwifery, um, school where I went to FSTM mm-hmm. actually taught the OB interns mm-hmm. PAPS 
Mm-hmm. So they would come to our school mm-hmm. exactly. and learn how to pap, or they, or or Glenn, who Pap's I love, snares, yeah. she's amazing. She would go and teach all these doctors, and these men had no idea. Yeah. Right? But why would they? Like if you mm-hmm. never had a pap smear, I mean, you most or had a vagina, find a clitoris correctly. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah. So to know where to put the speculum mm-hmm. is a challenge. So she, they leave like, oh my gosh, like we didn't realize that this could be more of a like a chill, right? Non. Mm-hmm. Hostile, violent experience. And it's funny because like one of my partners has talked about maybe starting a birth center and I don't know if that's still on her list or not. Um, She just got married and she may be having a baby in a while. And so, you know, but the point, well, it just (laughs) changes your path. Um, It just pauses the button for a while. You know, we were talking about, oh, would you want to come work there? And, you know, everyone keeps saying, when are you starting your home birth? When are you starting your home birth? Uh, Or practice. And um, I realized I... I like having days off when other people are on call and I'm not. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being able to be there for my kids. Um, I live, I drive a lot already and yeah. being a home birth midwife, you drive all the time as yeah, all three of you know. All yeah, exactly. Time. Yes. And I realized I actually, I would bring the residents to the birth center to see what birth center births are like. And, yeah. but I really, I feel like teaching belong yes me too so that's good it's so but you important. need the but it's experience. not i swore i would never work in a tertiary care center and i would never teach but when you have as mm-hmm. much experience as you do in so many different mm-hmm. areas like what a service to share that knowledge mm-hmm. right if you just kept it all in your brain yeah no one's going to gain yeah. anything from that so you're yeah. sharing yeah. all of this stuff that's and in really that like, it's so important births on a larger scale for so many other people outside of our range but we need to go to break. Yes. And when I don't we wanna. come back, mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit more about the actual past. Because <laughs> we got I a little off topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shocking. We'll going, just make this a longer this like episode. A double episode or okay. something. Okay. So, but Sorry. yeah, well, this is just a good break time. And then we'll, whatever. Good. Because I, I have to relieve myself a little. <laughs> All right. You go take a piss and we'll enjoy that. Well, try- wow. Wow. Piss. I was trying to be nice. Yeah, why? Cue the music. Oh, yeah. So the sponsor for today's podcast is once again our Patreon account. So what do you get for being one of our patrons? So today we recorded some behind the scenes footage of us recording our podcast. Probably will get more than you could ever want from us, honestly. (laughs) Sometimes we do weird, crazy dance videos. Sometimes we roll in the snow in our bathing suits, because why not? Yeah, so basically the point of this is, is that we would love to have you as a patron of our podcast. If you become a patron, there are three different levels of monetary support, and each level gives you different perks. Um, So yeah, check out our Patreon account. It's www.patreon.com slash wineaboutbirth, and we would love to have you on the Wine About Birth Patreon team. Cheers. Cheers. On that note, welcome back from that delightful <laughs> break. Thanks, delightful it was. <laughs> it actually was a delightful break. I actually am drinking. I'm off call. I'm leaving for Mexico tomorrow. Woo! We're drinking wine. Pre-gaming from Mexico. But we just got introduced to a new YouTube video called Damn "My it. Vagina Is Eight, Eight Miles, Miles Wide." wide. Thank you for that. Classic. Gosh, well, it is now. now. <laughs> I'm just so glad that you came into our lives the <laughs> way everyone can come into the eight-mile-wide vagina. Absolutely. <laughs> I refer to my vagina as the Grand Canyon often, so this song, that's my new anthem. There you go. Mm-hmm. 
Jess was just talking about her massive enjoyedus the other night, so it's really appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. I was going to like not talk about it more because I've gotten so much crap about how much I talked about it the other night that I felt... Never too I much. I felt inappropriate for talking well, now about it's a, it. Now it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fits right in. I am sitting like very you are, you're eagle, just sweating right my enjoyedus like flap in the wind. <laughs> Your enjoyedus is tiny. You have a tiny little vagina. I know. That's why I, I have tiny the other night. She I have a big enjoyedus. Her right. labia is if so you say tiny so. that when she's on her period, she doesn't lose blood. They, her little labia hold it in until she sits on the toilet. Isn't that the cutest it's thing? It's so nice. I don't know if you should be eating. <laughs> Not me. I bleed all over the place, as we <laughs> recently learned at the Hoot Nanny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense to me because your labia are huge. It should hold everything in. It really should. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it doesn't. That's because my vagina is the Grand Canyon and there's no labia to hold that shut. Your flow is just like mm-hmm. the Red Sea, just parts everything, it just parts it all. So this is our podcast. She's used to it. Yeah, we are supposed to be using this section of the podcast to talk about the different routes to midwifery or mm-hmm. delivering babies. Um, so what the main the four? Well, besides give us being, your slides, Kim. Besides being an OB, which is a truly acceptable route to OB. Let's cut that part out. I was going to say, is that your first slide? That's a terrible slide. Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with OBs. It's always midwifery. So you have your you have your certified midwife, your certified professional midwife, your certified nurse, nurse midwife, and your certified... Um, Can I be a certified nurse midwife? That yes. so fun. <laughs> Just come with nurse. I don't know why the second half is going downhill. I do. Um, naturopathic <laughs> midwife. Okay. Which I did not know about until mm-hmm. I did my slides. So why record. don't we talk a little bit about each of those paths? And did you say direct entry midwife, like non-certified as well? I'm yeah. Sorry. So so <laughs> direct entry is just any midwife that is not a nurse. So if you are a nurse midwife, then you are not direct entry. But any other midwife, even if you are an RN, if you don't become a CNM, you are still considered a direct entry midwife. Oh, not if you're a CPM. Because if you're a CPM, you take the test too. Right. So but you you're could, still direct. if you're not licensed. So yeah. I, even if you are licensed, this is what I figured out. Oh, so that's so how I was Because taught. you're going yeah. through a different process where it's okay. more of a process. Instead of going to nursing school and okay. then going through residential mm-hmm. stuff, the entire process is a process mm. of attending births for right. your skills. It's confusing, right? That's how I also felt that if you were licensed, you are not direct entry, right. but that is actually not huh. the case. So okay, you can be licensed and certified, but if you are not a certified nurse midwife mm-hmm. as you are, mm-hmm. you are still considered a direct entry midwife. Okay. Isn't it just like different language in every state? As no, well? this, this is oh, across okay. the board. So okay. now a naturopathic midwife is also a doctor. Okay. So they are not direct entry midwives okay. either. But if you are a CPM or an LM, mm-hmm. I'm Which sorry, CPM mm-hmm. yeah. or a CM, you yeah. are still yes. considered direct entry, even if you have your nursing degree, which Meredith does. Right. Yes. But I don't, my nursing degree is completely separate from my right. midwifery right. degree. And it is. So. Yeah. yeah. So this gotcha. was all really interesting to me yeah. because even as a CPM and you're even saying like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. I didn't know that. So yeah. I just assumed honestly every state was different. It was confusing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it is. And that's the problem, which is why I wrote my class, mm. which is why I'm starting to teach this class because it spells everything out. Nice. And then you're like, oh. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to take this path. And people you can. Know what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And so. Because when people are looking into becoming a midwife, it can be super confusing to be like, what do I even do? And we were right. talking a little bit about like when I was like going to school and then not going to school. And when you were going to school, like 
the CPM process wasn't really a thing. Like it was NARM not. wasn't a thing. Right. Like becoming yeah. a licensed midwife wasn't a thing. No. So it was basically like you become a CNM or you're just a midwife who does births and you don't have any title at all. Right. You just started right. doing births and learned right. like an so apprenticeship. Now, if you don't have any sort of official training, like you, you're trained, even if you've attend, attended births for 30 years, if you don't have a license, mm-hmm. then you're a lay midwife. Mm-hmm. So there's a lay midwife... Okay, and then there's a direct entry midwife. So mm-hmm. a direct entry midwife does either have like the pet process where you mm-hmm. take the classes on your own and then you end up being and certified. It means that you get certified because you do your process, but you get certified by meeting requirements right. and passing the NARM exam. Right. Which is hard. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. hard exam. So this Tim and no, I are both certified professional midwives, so we both went about it in really different ways. So like even within a certain license, there's a multiple different routes to get there. Right. So the certification is the um, national level. So if you are a CPM, you're certified, your credential is national, but then you have to get licensed and by state. state. And right. it's much like nursing, much mm-hmm. like nursing where each state you have to get your license. Correct. Um, so and actually um, physicians need to get their license in every state in as every well. state Though and they you do can too right i do as well okay. and some states are harder than do they others. do compact states for cnms some do and some don't west virginia yes, Virginia is not. does not um what i was going to say though is i think we are trying to get away from the language lay midwife mm-hmm. because yes. lay has the connotation of not trained right and lay yes. midwives are trained they've just usually apprenticed with someone and not had mm-hmm. a formal training um though some some people it doesn't bother but again you don't want to say oh, this person hasn't been trained, so we're just going to call them a lay midwife. Right. Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of people still equate certified professional midwives with lay midwives. I still think well, there's they a lot do. of misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Which is why they're so looked down upon in the medical community. And we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. But um, like my big thing is raising the standard, like the community mm-hmm. standard, because... I would put my life in the hands of a lay midwife that has never gone to school but has been attending births for 30 years right. way faster than I would mm-hmm. a midwife yeah. recently graduated, licensed, and certified. Like, so, that doesn't mean anything. But I've noticed that even within the different categories, like certified professional midwife, nurse midwife, so most certified nurse, most certified professional midwives, when they pass their NARM, have done more births than a nurse midwife who just graduated because the process for how many births they have to do is completely different. Right. Um, how many is it for CPMs? It's, it tends to be around 40 for nurse midwives yeah. in their schools, but some schools just do 20, but people just like as to primaries get more. or just overall, like assess and primaries? Overall. Yeah, so, so I feel have... like for nurse midwives, they mm-hmm. can even go watch a doctor deliver a baby or whatever, and that mm-hmm. counts. They don't have mm-hmm. to do it themselves. So people, I mean, people do also take it seriously, and they tend to try to yeah. go over that number. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, but I, I think it's also hard. I think, you know, you, you prove yourself by your practice, but you can't practice till you've proven yourself. And yeah, around yes. And circle. So a lot of times mm-hmm. certified nurse midwives that I've seen, especially like in the hospital, when they start practicing is really when they're getting that is the exactly most right. of their training. That's right. Which is um, nice. You usually get like a year. I mean, I don't know how long usually your training period is as a new midwife, but I feel like a lot of people have like a training period of almost a, a year in the hospital and that's like when they get a lot of their experience but it's not i mean people want you to start working and start taking call and start letting other right people away. not take call yeah and so like we've fought very hard in our hospital that if you're a new grad that you'll be <clears throat> proctored for six months and have another midwife you know first with you physically next to you and oh, then nice. in the next nice. room and then on the phone um but 
legally you can can put out your shingle as soon as you're done. And I think that can be hard. And also in our hospital in particular, because we teach residents, it feels like for the first six months, you shouldn't have to teach someone else when you're not comfortable yourself. And so depending on like, if you came to work at our hospital as a new nurse midwife, we would say, you know, you're going to have a month or two on labor and delivery with help. And then we'll see how you are and we'll reassess. Um, And then you don't, you can, you don't have to have someone else that you're teaching. You don't have to have a learner at your birth for the first six months. And that has worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not written that way anywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Technically. Yep. You could Which just is go crazy in there to and me. start working. That because I, I remember like for, so for us, when I graduated, I had to have 50 mm-hmm. births to mm-hmm. graduate. Right. Mm-hmm. My mom but had to have. Was it 50 primaries? Because. No, I think it the was. C, the CPM, you have to have so many. I think it just where you. serves 25 SS. And then I think you need 20. 20 to 25 primaries and okay. then after that now you have to do another five right like con- yeah. like continuity and so primaries means like you've done prenatal care you're there for the labor you're there, there for, for the postpartum the birth the postpartum yeah. like you're there through the whole thing my mom talks because my mom's a cnm as we all met um back mm-hmm. however many episodes ago and she said that she only had to attend 30 and so she took a job and the first labor that she was at she was like Oh shit! Like <laughs> this is I'm the one. I'm the one, <laughs> yeah. and I felt like that. Honestly, mm-hmm. like the first two years that I was practicing, mm-hmm. I felt that way. I, think I was. I just recently realized I stopped calling you as much as yeah. I used to. And then I would call all the local <laughs> midwives to ask, like, what, what? I feel like I should do this, and they're like, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, when am I going to stop doing this? Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard there. to <laughs> depends on how busy your practice is because you know we sort of say like as a quick rule. You're going to have the three big things in your first hundred births. You're going to have a shoulder. You're going to have a postpartum average. You're going to have a prolapse cord. But if it takes five years to get to your first hundred births, that's really different than I'm, if it takes six do months. Do you have prolapsed cords? Like, how often do you Not see very. that? Not okay. Okay. But Never. you do. Yeah. But Literally. in the first, but, you, but it's about right. I mean, yeah. I've just been sort of paying attention in like the, the back corner of my brain of like, is it about a hundred births? And yeah. it tends to be. Oh. Um, and obviously you never say, oh, I really need one because then yeah. you get one. Right. And that's mm-hmm. I've only seen yeah. a prolapse cord one time and it was in a twin baby mm-hmm. with baby like the second baby so i've never seen she's working with high-risk moms though yeah and also we're in the hospital where people break people's bags more often and you know and and all that sort of thing Mm -hmm. i think at home you wouldn't have it as much because you would never i mean you wouldn't be breaking a bag and if you were it would not be like without the head not with it right yeah the Um, head was floating and she was too so we thought we would break that's yeah exactly (laughs) we thought we would start her labor with some aram though though people take it seriously and you know like Anytime someone does that, they have to like walk around being made fun of for a while <laughs> appropriately. <laughs> like, yeah, you're gonna go break, you're gonna bring bring a cord down, are you? Are you gonna go in there and bring bring, bring someone's cord with you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Be ready, oh, open the back, because you know so and so's going in that room. You know what happened last week? Oh, but we are, God. yeah, but we are. I mean, we have now in the last two years we have doubled. We do 200 births a month now. Oh, um, not them, just the midwives, but the whole entire service. And so, you know, that's good for learning, but it's bad for just. Having like paying attention outcomes. and good care. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think we do give good care. I don't mean that. But as far as just being able well, to spend gets, time yeah, it's, yeah, doing it's labor support and that sort of thing. But you're also more likely to have yeah. um, those sorts of outcomes just because mm-hmm. there's higher numbers. Yeah. And so it's just interesting that there's different ways and there's there's pros and cons to each way. Correct. And it's interesting because CNM, certified nurse midwives, can deliver babies both in the hospital and out of the hospital, but most nurse right. midwives are delivering in the hospital. Right. And then CPMs, for the most part, except for in certain And also, states, I want to add... Only out of hospital. CNMs are considered, like, 
they're legal in all states. That's yes. correct. All states and D.C., Hawaii. Whereas like certified Puerto professional Rico. midwives, there's and, still certain states where there's no And certified midwives, same thing. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. certified midwives now, like they can deliver in the hospital as well, mm-hmm. but they're only legal in like half. Yeah, if, half if state, that. If mm-hmm. that, yeah, yeah, half state. So if you are a CM or a CNM, you can choose where you deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, naturopathic midwives are the same because they're doctors too, so they can deliver in and out of mm-hmm. the hospital. Um, CPMs, you got out of hospital. Well, this is such an interesting place to live too for CPMs because we're in Virginia, so it is legal, but then a lot of the surrounding states, it's not. So like Maryland just... Mm-hmm became legal west virginia still is a legal yeah, north not, carolina yeah, not is illegal, illegal. Not illegal it's just it's sort of not even there yeah and we're so, trying we've actually the both um of the midwifery organizations of which i'm a part are trying to um or t- are talking about making or um getting legislation passed to make the cpm legal but it kind of goes in cycles it takes so long it's like they've been working on that for so long and it takes so long but it's just like really interesting to be in a in like in a, like an island almost right where like everyone around you is so, yeah like it's just so mm-hmm. different and then because they have to come to us. Live 10 miles away but they're across the state boundary and then it yep. like changes the laws it's right. really and frustrating then there's also the laws that we have to deal with with like um so the cpm certification includes training in emergency <laughs> use of medication Medications, IVs, yes, but then certain states allow CPMs to have those, and certain states don't. So our state, Virginia, is one of those states that that doesn't. This we're talking you're about in West Virginia, and mm-hmm. the laws for CPMs are. I don't well, even know what aren't any there because aren't any CPM any, is not yeah. recognized. Yeah. But if you're a nurse, you can. And actually, the um, the home birth group um, that I'm part of has just been discussing by email, like to get a LabCorp account and to order exams and to order ultrasounds and to order blood tests and what do you need for that. And it a, a lot of it has to do with who your backup physician is. And some people don't have a backup physician. Yeah. So and it how gets very complicated. It is to find a backup Correct. physician. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to practice in like with complete autonomy is really hard to do, especially if you want life-saving meds. Like if we're going to be trusted to help women have their babies, then how can we don't have life-saving meds? Mm. And I don't know. It's just, it's a whole conversation. Virginia is talking about opening that whole can of worms and trying to get that passed, which would be great. But yeah, so you just have to kind of know the pros and cons. Take my course on, (laughs) (laughs) take my course on teachable through Mm -hmm. uh, midwifery wisdom and figure out which course is right for you. Because if you want to work in the hospital, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to be a CNM or a CM. If you want to work out of the hospital, you can be whatever you want. And yeah, you're more likely to to find success as a Mm -hmm. CPM. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Mm -hmm. in West Virginia, there's a bigger culture of CNMs out of hospital in Virginia. That's not a super Mm -hmm. common thing. And also whether you're going to be, um, uh, covered by insurance and what right, kind of yes. pay you're going to ask for whether you're going to do malpractices <laughs> but whether you're going to get paid at all um my home births <laughs> at all my home births my midwife was a cnm and she was actually paid by my insurance for all the births oh, but nice. it was unusual yeah because again yeah. that was in the early early worse. aughts yeah it's getting um, some it cpms is. can yeah. get covered <clears throat> for stuff but it's been mm-hmm. really interesting but i also just want to say like before we end out because i think we're, mm-hmm. we've covered this pretty well is that I think that people tend to judge how good or bad their midwife will be based on their certification. And I always like to say, like, I know some CNMs who are absolute shit midwives (laughs) and some CNMs who are amazing midwives, whether they're in the hospital or out of the hospital. And the same is true for CPMs. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how they got through, like... There are some absolute shit CPMs, Mm -hmm. and then there's really good CPMs Mm -hmm. who have so much skill. So, like, ask what their experiences are and what their their preferences are, and figure Mm 
figure out the right fit for you. Like don't just yeah. base it on a title because it's not that simple. And yeah. also get references and, um, you know, talk to the people that delivered with them if, if they're yeah. able to yeah. do that. And yeah. I think also something which we don't, we don't do with physicians so much. And, and I think that's probably good, but if you hear of one bad story about one bad midwife, then that colors every single midwife yes. ever yeah. who lived. And I don't think that's true of physicians. Like you hear of one bad doctor, you don't say, I will never go to a doctor again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That yes. one doctor that took care of my great grandmother and yes. made this one mistake. Yes. And I mean, just like anyone, I mean, if you have one bad love relationship, you know, I mean, yes, you decide you never go out with anyone again, but eventually <laughs> you do. Closed, but, uh, yeah. but eventually you do because one bad boyfriend does not every bad boyfriend yeah. make and I think it's a similar thing but I Not think it's <laughs> but I think it's a it's a dangerous road to go on and there was a time when my joke which wasn't unfortunately joke was every home birth that happens in a three-state area is my responsibility because the head of yes, maternal fetal medicine absolutely. would come to me and say well yeah, you know somebody delivered in Pennsylvania and I'm yeah. sure you know about it and I'm sure you know the person who did it yeah. and I'm you know I why know why had, weren't you there fixing you had it coffee like, together yesterday never heard of that person didn't hear about that so birth. True. don't know, know what you're talking there about yeah I do feel yeah. like that that and we're going to talk about that in our next section about mm -hmm. like um, how people get along amongst the different yes. certifications. But I do feel like that tends to be a thing is that because of the stigma behind home birth or out of hospital births or CPMs or whatever. Which dates back to the beginning of medicine. Yes. Is that <laughs> one bad outcome time. in a 500 mile radius. We, we could have 10,000 births that CPMs did fantastic in a thousand mile radius. And one person right. has something ba go bad and it's used. Whereas a lot of those bad outcomes in the hospital, because they do happen, mm -hmm. but you don't hear about them because they no. were in the hospital. So it seems like everything was done or whatever. Right. That's yeah. Super true. Well, mm -hmm. I think it's time for us to end out this section on that note. This is, we've decided this, this is going to be a really, really long <laughs> episode. We're going to have two breaks. We're going to have two breaks. This is the first time we've ever done that. Um, we probably should so have done sorry. it more often. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we come back, I want to talk about what it's all like to work together yes. yeah. or not. And <laughs> relationships between the different and how, uh, how if we could all come together Sing kumbaya. It would be <laughs> yes. It would be glorious orgasmic. Or about our massive or we vaginas. It's fine. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. Cue the music. Oh yeah. So our sponsor for today's episode is once again our Teespring shop. Do you love cute shirts with birthy sayings on them? Do you love our logo? Would you love to have a mug or a bag with our logo on it? Well, if you like any of those things, then our Teespring shop is the place for you. Um, we will put a link to it in our posts on social media, um, but it's the Wine About Birth Teespring. So check out our Teespring shop and um, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Cheers. I can't believe you guys didn't know that song. Welcome back from that delightful break. Again. That's, that was again. actually delightful. I know. This whole thing has been so delightful. Can you come every week? <laughs> I would love to. I wish I could come every week. <laughs> I do come every week. You so. <laughs> Please sorry. Don't. don't even make me say online. <laughs> on our podcast. Sorry, not I sorry. Come a lot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we so digress. When I went to Florida <laughs> to be a midwife and then came back, yep. the way that I envisioned 
the midwife thing going was like myself and all the current midwives and whatever cool doctors were there and all the nurse midwives. We would all just be like running through a field, <laughs> naked, holding naked. hands in a circle, singing kumbaya, yes, like, like dancing just, on a fire. Yeah, just prancing around and like. Uh, I was going to say sharing women, but that sounded like a cult. (laughs) Let's deliver babies and bring joy to the world. Right. But then it turned out that actually one of the local CPMs looked at me and said, we don't want you here. Yeah. You're a threat to us. There are enough. And I realized immediately like, well, shit, if my quote unquote sister midwives feel that way about me, the the hospital is going to be a nightmare. Because when you Mm -hmm. first got out of school and came back here. You started a co-op and you had this vision of a co-op. I where really like, had a vision. And you started it where it was like, we deliver babies and we have this like team of birth assistants and students. everyone's working together. Yeah. And students. And you, and you tried it. And in the current political climate, it failed very quickly. It failed and so hard. I don't think that that's because your idea was bad. It's just that. It was hard to find. Apparently, it takes people. more than one person to have a village. <laughs> yeah. If you're just one person, then you're the village idiot. Mm. If you need all <laughs> the people, and I couldn't even find like I wanted people. My like Tiffany, for example, was mm-hmm. my main student, so I would call around and say, "Could she please?" come to a birth with you she's a phenomenal assistant i need her to see i don't want her to be a kim haynes i want her to be a midwife yeah and the answer was no well can i have some of your students for a birth because i would pay my students it was a small amount but it was still something yeah and the answer was always no so i was like well shit how am i supposed to work together with everybody and all the people And, and that's where it came down to it was like every person in this has their own you were saying something like their own turf and mm-hmm. their own mm-hmm. ego their own patch mm-hmm. in it and so it doesn't always work out or most likely mm-hmm. almost never works out that people are working together to try and make birth better across all the different choices um yeah, because typically, like, when you look at the hierarchy, if you will, like, the OBs look down on the CNMs that look down on the CPMs. Oh, they look down, down on the, the family docs first. Oh. And then they look down on the CNMs. Okay. <laughs> so there's even more yeah. in there. Yeah. But I don't understand. I guess like, I just don't understand but, it. But even well, among CPMs in general, it's like there's the CPMs who have been around for a long time who look down on the new CPMs. But we all have to realize that at some point we need to make new good CPMs because mm-hmm. we need to pass this torch on because right. let's no all be, be honest, most of, us, most of us burn out after <laughs> yeah. so many years and we Seven need somebody years. else who's going to be mm-hmm. good to help bring babies into the world mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Well, I think it's hard too because everyone believes that the way they learned is the best way and the yeah. path that they walked is the best path. And that's like tied into your ego and not being able to acknowledge that like maybe there's better ways. Right. Or just different ways. Different yeah. ways. Not even better. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was different. telling the story in the break and was asked to tell it again. I have a very dear friend who um, is a very wonderful OB physician um, and is a dear friend of mine and my family's. And she, when I had my home births and planned to have them, she always said, can't you just have like a little bit of a of a high risk thing just a little just so you have to deliver some in the high hospital. blood just pressure a tiny bit nothing um, and, too can yeah say. and it wasn't that she wished ill on me on my babies i mean no. she loves my children and she loves me but her she wanted to be able to take care of me and she and couldn't she do that if i did it at home concerned right because right. sometimes the things that mm-hmm. are 
a little foreign to us correct scarier right and every time there was a totally normal person who had a really bad outcome in the hospital to say see she was normal and this bad thing happened to her Mm -hmm. um and once when we were out together having drinks she did i think share with me the real kernel the real deep heart of this concern she said don't you understand if you can do this out of the hospital without me then i don't i'm not needed and i don't I don't, like what I'm I have no purpose. Um, and that was really interesting because some people do need to be in the hospital. If you have triplets and you have high blood pressure yeah, and diabetes yes. and stuff, please do not Hospi- deliver in my home or no, yours. Don't you know, do you that. need a hospital please birth. Don't come to my house. You yeah. need maternal fetal medicine. Over. <laughs> you need someone watching those babies. But And, and so that's mm-hmm. where it comes down yeah. to. We can all see that there's like different paths and then there's going to be always going to be some people who need right. that higher risk. OB, mm-hmm. go to the hospital. This is the safest route. And then there's a lot of people who don't need right. that or who and don't want that. In Europe, where they have some of the best maternal and infant mortality outcomes um, in the world, it stratifies that way pretty naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're low risk, you can deliver at home with a midwife. If you're high risk, you deliver in the hospital, the hospital, it works really well. And nobody feels impinged upon by that because right, that's what right. they were taught was yes. how it was works. normal but yeah. here it's mm-hmm. more like this is the way we do it and that way of doing it is inferior and dangerous right and i think there's a whole other like a whole other whatever you want to call it like you we joke about the god complex like doctors it's not just doctors i assure you mm-hmm. oh there's plenty of doulas it, god like complexes. right in the birth community mm-hmm. midwives doulas like we all see it mm-hmm. so it's kind of like what she's saying like we a lot of us become midwives or become doulas or because uh, become obese because we want to be needed yes. it's like a lot of parents you hear all this this parental it crap it can be difficult to stay humble right yeah. so then if you're not needed yeah you know, so when someone's like, oh, my gosh, I could never have done this without you. I'm not going to lie. It, it strokes feels- what tiny ego I do have. But also, <laughs> I'm like, you don't, I don't need you to need me. But yeah. if more people didn't have that desire or that need to be needed, perhaps we could kind of dole out some of that, yeah. you know. And, and that's where those quotes come in where it's like me doing a good job meant that you didn't need me you realized your own power right and I right. tried to take that into my practice where it's like it wasn't me like me sitting there being calm next to you didn't save your birth it helped you realize you, had you to do it right power yeah mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what we're trying to give moms but it is so hard to keep that separate of that like having our it's like a you know a, t- a cricket mm-hmm. playing a tiny violin but <laughs> it's like we like to have our tiny little dick strict. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> and the other piece I think is what is, is what experience people have with it. If you're a physician who only sees the train wrecks, who only yes. sees the people That's who should have right. been transferred right. hours before, before the baby was in distress, before the meconium was thick, before they were like deep second stage arrest, can't get the baby out no matter what, end up with, you know, Zavanelli, the whole nine yards, yeah. then that's what you think of as home birth. Because yep. in, a, in a normal OB resident training, you don't go to a home birth. You don't see what it's like. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people who do home births often have been to a hospital birth or been to a birth center birth. And in some places, you know, it's required. So, you know, just the same way that it's not okay to say, well, every birth in a hospital is horrible and they're yeah. going to tie you to the bed and they're going to put forceps on the baby's head and they're going to give you Pitocin and they're not like to press feed your baby. I mean, yeah. that's not right. But nor is it right to say, well, you know, they're, they're in some dirty bars. hovel and nobody even washes <laughs> their hands and <laughs> they've horrible. had no training. I mean, neither of those things. With their teeth. Exactly. Neither of those things are correct. And more education. I mean, I'm the daughter of two teachers and I am a teacher now. Um, 
the more that you know about them, the better you can say just the same way as that you can say about another provider, like the letters after their name, as I think, you know, you yeah. right. all don't were saying, don't care. depict of how good yeah. they are, but you need to know something about them. And you can't know that when you yeah. meet someone, all you can know when you first meet them is the letters after their name. Yeah. Unfortunately, what gets me is like when people choose ignorance, right? Because they can't for whatever reason, emotionally, they can't accept that there's something different from them because that's so unsafe for them. So there's like, like when with the center, like when people, when it first opened and we are re- like, I've worked at two centers now where they were actively reaching out to the providers at the hospital to come toward the center, to come mm-hmm. see our nursing bags, to come see right, what we have access right. to. Like they are opportunities to learn from each other. They don't want and to, to understand, but they chose ignorance because learning that there's something different out there really shakes the foundation of like your own uh, like acceptance of yourself. I think that's what gets me is like, it's one thing it's, it's, I get frustrated because I can look and see how people's own personal traumas or experiences or egos get in the way. But, and like you can own that and you can see how exhausting it would be to try to work through all of that to get to a place of, peace with a group of people but it's when like you don't even know you're not even aware of what you're bringing to the table and you're easier just to project all that out onto the others instead of like owning your own shit and like right working through it that's what drives me insane it makes me feel overwhelmed in this like journey of trying to like make a cohesive community of providers because like that requires everybody to be accountable to their own bullshit and that's and they're not gonna do that it's really hard to be accountable and i've said it like a million times i'll say it again is it birth workers whether you're an ob cm whatever you're human Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could say all the exact same things about parenting, about race, about religion, about culture, about politics. It's all exactly the same. Human beings approach everything in exactly we, the same we way. We like to be validated in our choices yes. and other people making the same choices as us validates us. Right. Um and, and you becoming a CNM and being freaking awesome doesn't mean that I'm less awesome. I mean, right. it kind of like does. Earlier. How many languages do you yeah. speak? <laughs> oh my God. She said six. She, you couldn't hear her because she said it under her breath. She's but being humble. I'm just saying she's way more awesome than me, but that doesn't mean that I'm not kind of awesome also. Maybe you're more awesome in different, different ways. ways. But all of that said, when you pick a provider... I think what it goes to, um, we will list later the link. I don't think so. <laughs> but um, I think how, they're not. How are you water awesome? I can only eat so much humble pie in a day. I think I'm good. I'm but, really full. But is that you find a provider and a space that you feel comfortable in, that your partner feels comfortable in. I mean, I really wanted home births, but if my husband had not been comfortable That's his right. baby too, we would not have done that. Um, and so... We interviewed midwives. We read their stuff. We talked about when would you transport. We talked about who's your backup. Um, But the same way that if you're in the hospital and you love your OB and you always thought you would have a midwife, but you love your OB, then stay with your OB. Right. You should have a baby in the most comfortable, safe feeling place that you can. Mm -hmm. And if that's the field and back of your house, it's the field and back of your house. If it's in a tertiary care center with, you know, a NICU around the corner and three you know, board certified obstetricians, then have it that way. Because how you feel about your birth is going to, um, in is going to make a difference and going yeah. to inform the birth experience you have and um, as much point. as anything else. It's exactly. a choice. So if we all respect each other's choices and like lift that up, then there would be less of this mm-hmm. like complete animosity across the board, yeah. which is yeah, because other people's births are not about us like right. really our focus should not be on how we're being validated it should be how are we empowering these women or birthing people to 
have their births and go into their parenting as more powerful people. It shouldn't be about the choices we made. But also we've talked a little bit about how jealousy comes into that because it's like we've seen situations where CNMs or whatever because they ultimately wanted to have home birth practices, but they didn't. And then they get upset when CPMs have home birth practices right. and they didn't. And So like the local CN, there's a local CNM that I just feel at odds with because she had said something to that effect. Like, yeah, she didn't say she was jealous, but alluded to it. And I'm like, what are you jealous of? My nonstop long hours, my low pay, like the I lack don't of respect in the medical community. Right. The fact that you I all do. shit down my throat every time I walk in the door, like mm-hmm. what part of that? But it's like, you chose your route. Yeah. And when women want a hospital birth, I'll send them to you because you make it better. So if they choose out of hospital, you should be. Mm-hmm. I chose my route. It's Meredith. It's Meredith. Meredith route. <laughs> Meredith route. R O U T T. I did not pick up on that right I didn't away either. I was like, wait, you did. It's like, are you yeah. telling me you're pregnant? Because I am not fucking attending. So, like, why can't we no. just make it better? Well, part of it also, I think, is that people don't know the different the different routes to care. Like, the people who think the doulas are midwives and that midwives yep. are doulas. Oh, We've yes. all had that conversation. I get asked yeah, that yeah. question yeah. at least ten times yeah, a week. Exactly, yeah. and um. And I think if people knew that there was an arm exam that you have to pass, mm-hmm. that there were actually um, different skills that you have like to know and, and requirements mm-hmm. you check on people say, oh, well, she's a home birth midwife. So she like, you know, got it off a cereal box or didn't even, yes. you know, yeah. she's just, um, she's just it was a pop tart box, box. Right. actually. Exactly. Smaller. <laughs> I wish so they would there. start putting birth yeah. facts on the back right. cereal right. boxes. Wouldn't that be nice? But even people say, I mean, there's doctor bashing that goes on as well. It's like, oh, well, they think they think that, you know, women can't give birth naturally and they think that everybody needs a C-section and they think that breastfeeding is bad. It's like, actually, that's not that. Yeah, some um, do, some don't, just like just everybody else. Just have a bad experience yeah. is not, like you were saying earlier, like one mm-hmm. bad doctor does not make bad doctors and one bad midwife does not make all midwives mm-hmm. bad. Like it is Yeah, But so birth is really important and you should pick your providers and who's going to be there. I mean, I think you guys had an episode about picking your birth mm-hmm. team. It's really important, but also where. Like if that hospital is where your grandmother died and you're terrified of that hospital, oh, then gosh. maybe that's not yeah. where you want to have your baby. Or maybe it is because you feel like your grandmother's hanging out there, you know, yeah. or her soul. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being serious. No, but yeah. think about no, really, those things really. ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and people don't always. They're like, well, that, that was the person that was in my network. I've heard really bad things oh. about them, but they're in my mm-hmm. network. Yes. So the insurance, you know, the insurance regime this insurance scam yes. is it is a regime has something to do with it as well but you know in this system that we have we need to do our best to to make our best choices and yeah we and have I, a lot of different options and i, I think, think people there's forget one thing that. that we can all agree on at least in this room is that if all the different try us <laughs> if all the different routes to birth could ever work with each other to make the moms and the birthing people the center of attention and not ourselves that birth ultimately would be mm-hmm. much safer so when we make problems, it yeah. about ourselves mm-hmm. and not about each individual experience mm-hmm. or working together to help each other it ultimately does the opposite of what so like OBs who downplay midwives for trying to have safe birth and midwives who downplay OBs for trying to have safe birth, really what happens is it just makes birth more unsafe for everybody. So right. if we all tried to cooperate with each other, birth would be safer and happier mm-hmm. for each individual mm-hmm. birthing person. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're losing out mm-hmm. and where moms 
are yeah, losing lo- out. The moms right. are losing moms out. Moms and, and midwives should we should never have to walk into anywhere being in a state of battle. We should be like, or, oh, I know this is better for me now. And or worse, wait to walk in before until it's too because late. You're yes. Because you're, you're afraid right. of, of what's the, going to happen. And remembering that I mean being met with respect matters. I mean I am so happy when I'm not happy when homebirth people transfer in, but I'm happy when they transfer in and say, and say, I was met with respect. I was met with respect in the emergency room. I was met with respect with your residents. Mm -hmm. And you know, the residents can be like, wow, like that person came in, she had a home, she was planning a home birth and she had records and her midwife knew what was going on. And she was able to tell us Mm -hmm. she pushed for this long and this is the position, the baby, and this is what the heart beats, heart rate was like that. That reflects well on home birth care. And also, even if the person ends up with interventions they didn't want, being treated with respect is what they're going to remember about that birth. And you guys have talked about that as well, is the lack of respect. I mean, that, you know, this is their holy day. They are bringing their baby over to the side. And you have a chance to be polite and make and have something happen or you have a chance to be an asshole. Yeah. And given it's this baby's birthday, how about you not be an asshole? How about? And it won't really affect us because this is our job and we're going to go home and live Mm -hmm. our lives. But at the end of the day, they're going to remember that day forever. So true. And they're so... And there's so many misconceptions. I mean, how many times have we transferred a client with an IV in her arm and the nurses are like, you do IVs? You Mm -hmm. guys do IVs? You listen to heart tones? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, they don't know know anything about what we do. And that's fine. That's not their fault. But Mm -hmm. it's like, oh my God, this is why we're getting this... You know, but um, it's really hard to take their opinion on us seriously as when well. It's uninformed. If it's completely, completely uninformed, uninformed. Yeah. and also they yeah. make no effort to inform it, which is why the saying, if we ever do have that birth center in Morgantown, I really want to bring the residents there to see. Yeah, I mean, right now we bring everyone in when there's an unmedicated birth. Be like, she is pushing her baby out oh, without that an epidural. To me with Oscar. without without an epidural and without meds. They're and like, what? Yeah. It's like, and they're like, really? Mm-hmm. She's so calm. It's like, yeah, she's fine. Yeah. She has endorphins. She's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> I did a birth with Doctor Kula. Who, she was amazing. And she made the mom feel like she had every say in everything which she did. And she would bring up like her past birth, like, it's not going to be like this. I'm going to do this instead. Mm-hmm. Like, it was amazing. And I kept yeah. telling her, you are so amazing. Everything about you is amazing. And she'd be like, oh, thank you. But then she said something weird. <laughs> I was like, it's like, never perfect. <laughs> I, know. I said, no, I go, oh, my gosh, what is your name? Dr. Kula. Oh, my gosh, you're so amazing. You're so, are you sure you're not a midwife? I'm Kim. She goes, I know who you are, Kim Haynes. And <gasps> I went, oh. 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 And then no, the air of masks, you can't right. faces. And I'm like trying to look at her eyes, but I think they were twinkling. I was, oh. I'm not really sure. Anyway, With she, malice. it was like, she was so amazing. Like absolutely everything you would ever want in an out of hospital birth in the hospital, nice. just like Dr. Hashimi does. And I'm like, why can't you all be this way? Well, we talked about it in the break and this applies to just regular life, not just birth, but, I find in regular life among groups of women or groups of people that people think if someone has something, it takes something away from them. Mm-hmm. And what we really need to remember is that if we all build oh, each other up, we're mm-hmm. all going to have more, mm-hmm. not less. I don't know. You yeah. said it better than no, me. Well, just that, that something going bad for you doesn't make things better for me. I mean, there's yes. a song about putting salt in my coffee doesn't make yours any sweeter. Yes. I think oh. it's a Casey Musgrave song. It's really I good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, but, but the thing is, but it but it is difficult, isn't it? I mean, it's that thing of like, she's so beautiful. Don't you hate her? Yeah. It's like, yeah. actually, I, I yes. love her. I love being around her because right. she's so beautiful. But women do that. Men do too in other ways. Yep. Um, but 
it, if someone is bringing joy and beauty and good practice to the world, isn't that just a good thing for yeah. for yeah. everyone? And it sounds really dorky, but it's That's also a huge true. Shift, though, <laughs> it's true. Huge because it's like. We're trained to be jealous. Mm-hmm. And, and we're well, also like, trained to be competitive. We're yes. trained to be number one. I mean, anyone I mean, in we med are. school. Right? Not everybody yeah. is. Well, <laughs> but in med school, you know, you're supposed to get the best grade on the test. And you're right. supposed to. And so suddenly you're supposed to let the client have a say. So then I mean, right. that's right. somebody so else hard. gets, a, gets an A on their right. test, it, you're less likely to be valedictorian, right. so it right. does take away from you. Right, right. and yeah. and having the client have a say, I think, is hard because this is less so now, I think, than even ten or fifteen years ago. But you know, the doctor is right or the healthcare provider right. And I have to say, right. I have moments where I just feel like saying, "You came to me for my opinion, please, and I'm giving me. it to you. Yes. Why don't you just do what I say?" Yeah. And I don't say that, but I think it really you want to really <laughs> badly. Yeah. For the people mm-hmm. who are like, oh, did you learn that on Dr. Google? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. an actual doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of information on Google, yeah. right? And there's yeah. a lot of information in other places that there you is. seem to not have spent much time researching. <laughs> yeah. So that I'm day, helping you. When mm-hmm. the doctor said, women in this country don't know anything about childbirth, I was like, oh. Some do. <laughs> oh my God. Even like, if they mm-hmm. don't, a woman and, and has we, the right to make choices It's her, her body. body. Or, Give her a minute. Or I just want to say like in a very real way how many women do we watch who know nothing about childbirth mm-hmm. nothing, nothing at all they've taken zero classes read zero books but ultimately if they're in labor and they're undisturbed they do the same thing yep mm-hmm. that the mom yep. cervix do, opens uterus yes, pushes baby their, comes out they move their legs are same it's like way. magic they move their hips the same way mm-hmm. they make the same noises right like they go the same primal women mm-hmm. know about birth because they were made to know about birth like it's not about knowledge right. or research and i like to always teach my kids this is a saying i always teach my kids when it comes to something like this and kids have a really hard time with this and i'm really trying hard to teach them but it's like you should never look at somebody else's plate to make sure that they have less than you. Mm-hmm. If you look at someone else's plate, you should be to make sure that they have enough. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, you give them what you have to make it enough. Across but the board. Stop yeah. comparing yourself to oh, other that's people. That's so good. Look at you, it good is. mom. But it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's okay. hard to, to feel that. We have our moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. So with all of this, like that we're talking mm-hmm. about, I've had clients say to me, like, there's a difference across the board. Like, even if we all like supported each other, you know, if a baby horrifically dies and I say horrifically because it's always horrific dies in the yes. hospital, even if there's nothing anyone could have done. It's right. 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 It's fine. But if it happened to me out of the hospital, I would probably lose my license for a very long time, if yeah. not forever. And that, that has never happened. And I'm not saying it can't. I know it can. But there's a reason when people are like, oh, well, maybe if you advertised, you'd get more moms. Well, A of all, I don't want more moms. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I want to be a smaller. But B of all, I don't advertise because I want women to seek us out. Seek because, me out. Yeah. Like, seek us out to know, like, wait a minute. I don't think I like what's being said to me here. Let me do some research. And then they come to me and say, this is what I've learned. And I think you're a better fit. Like you were saying just because you're doing this doesn't mean what I'm doing is wrong but I don't ever want to convince anyone that that this is the right way like I need them to stumble upon it on their own and even doulas and there's some birth workers who have this like it's money driven so it's like sign on the dotted line as soon as you meet me because I want your money and I'm more likely to be like, if we're not fitting, I would Please rather hire someone else. You choose that other person because 
ultimately if your birth goes bad it's gonna be worse yeah mm-hmm. for, for my business in the long run like i'd rather the people choose me choose me because they love me and they want me and they they agree with how i practice than i wanted your exactly or whatever right right even if i'm having a really good consult with somebody i still recommend at least three other midwives in yeah. the area because yeah i'd much rather them feel like they found the right fix it's gonna be better for everyone which is not the norm when no, i had my not. own practice I had all the local midwives listed on my site and they were all like, why do you do that? I'm like, because I, I have confidence that women will choose me mm-hmm. if I am the right person. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm not, then they need to be happy. Like I don't want somebody that I know is a better fit over here because mm-hmm. we're not going to be happy together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and we've been moms who were looking for providers too, who yeah. felt you want to to have this choice or that choice for whatever political bullshit reasons are going on. Exactly. And so it's like, ultimately we wanted to know who our choices were too. And how do I have dual clients come to me? Like, it was really hard for me to find the midwife I wanted or to find real information or to do this or to do that. Right. And ultimately they're the most important ones and they deserve to have that as part of informed consent. So, but I think, and, and that's, that's why we, you know, call it shared decision-making now, right. Mm-hmm. Is so that it comes from both sides. But I think the other thing that I'm thinking about is, you know, I'm going to practice the seven people and invariably, you know, clients bond with us we bond with them yeah They're like oh i hope i'm on when jess delivers or oh yeah. i hope i'm not on when kim delivers or, you know vice versa <laughs> i don't want to be yeah. nightmare yeah. and and oftentimes <laughs> actually my favorite thing is when you're surprised right yes. it's like you know you're like oh i hope i'm not on and you know in your heart you're going to be on and you're on and they're like wonderful or vice mm-hmm. versa it's someone you really right. love and you're like oh they're really hard this was a terrible decision <laughs> but i made th- a poor choice <laughs> but where i'm going with this is so we're in a group practice which allows us to have time off with our families and get enough sleep because you don't want important. me when i don't oh, have enough sleep maybe and we're so busy that that's important. We don't ever, we're not ever on for longer than 24 hours. It used to be 48. Now it's 24. Oh. So that's great. And we actually now do 12s a lot, which means we leave people in the middle of their births, which is Listen, really hard. I just started doing that yeah. this year and I thought mm-hmm. it would be horrible. Yeah. But, but you feel like a human being. I feel like a human being. Mm-hmm. And then Jen and I do a really mm-hmm. good job at just kind of like tag teaming. Mm-hmm. So it works mm-hmm. out. So we, I am going to practice the seven people. And so sometimes we leave in the middle of birth or we come and they're like nine centimeters and they're about to push and you haven't been with them for the 27 yeah. hours that they've been in labor. But one of the thing we can do for our clients is to give them the power to have the birth they need, whomever is sitting there. Mm-hmm. Or like, God yeah. forbid, three of us have COVID and no, and gosh. and they are they were with a midwife and suddenly a resident takes over. It's yeah. not even one of the midwives. They still need to have a good birth because of the the tools that we gave them. And I think that's important too. And it also speaks to the lack of ego that has to be involved. It's not going to be this great birth because Emma was there. How do you teach that? Yeah. How do you teach a lack of ego? Yeah. That's a hard one. You meditate a lot and you, you know, you become a Buddhist. (laughs) It's part of it. (laughs) This whole conversation is actually triggering my ego a little bit. I'm just joking. But but the thing is, but it it is hard is, you know, going back to what we said way at the beginning of if it went well, it's not because of you. And if it went badly, it's not because of you as long as you did a good job. But to, to give, to help women, find their own power right to find their own light that they have the birth they need whichever provider is standing in there and i've also been talking about that a lot even with my doula clients when it comes to continuity of care because how many times have we been at a birth where you're at like hour 40 where your brain is just so at that point is it safe even to be there and you're just like you just want it to be done so bad that sometimes you will make bad decisions because you're just 
done or like, you'll step back yeah like, and unfortunately at that point that's probably when they need yes. someone the most and so because they've been sometimes for three days if someone fresh comes in who's not just like i would yes. rather anything happen and i get to go home it's just like you just want to be done so bad so the fresh people come in and they have the energy to like let's try this position let's do this let's try that whereas we're so like fried yeah. at and that how point, many times you can't like in a birth does the energy shift when you yes. like text your colleague or call yeah. your friend and ask for their advice about what you should do because you've tried everything and like it's not working yeah. like that's real valid and like i wish yeah. people could create more space for that i don't know how practice. many times it's happened to me where i get called in the middle of the night and i'm tired already and it's like try this position try that position and i'm kind of just like i don't want to <laughs> and ultimately but i don't feel I like it have. Mm-hmm. i should have and that's why you need a good team yeah mm-hmm. and so it's like sometimes that that fresh perspective makes all the difference no it's really great you can say and here's betsy she slept in her own bed last night she washed her hair here's kelly you know she has not been here holding your hand and rubbing your butt for the last 30 hours but she's excited to start because i'm leaving but here she is she remembers what life is like outside of these walls and that is such a hard (laughs) conversation to have but if you can't be like look this isn't about me like this whole experience has not been because i'm here right now like it's it's not gonna shift because i'm but that's just it (laughs) if it's not about you you should be able to leave a birth yes Mm -hmm. right i I think the problem is is that the reason why it's become about that person is that all of us have this thing happening where it is about us and so not yes. all of us but a lot of us do like you mean like our and identity so, is so strongly tied yeah, into our or, care or like there are those providers that are so egocentric and who make birth so much about them that it's like yeah. you're just the patient and you're just this and you're just that that people have that's that is a script that's been written for a reason and so then when you have the provider who doesn't do that your birth will be better and so really what we're talking about is not um is making it so that that doesn't happen mm-hmm. so that we can work together and yes. be there for them and not against them and there will always be that one mom that you just cannot leave you know what I mean like I could have the last birth I have that wasn't that it's not that it was that long but it was very intense and we did transfer and um Jen offered to come in because I went off call but I was not leaving her like I had just the three of us were just right. but it that's, was just and that working. was your choice and that was my choice energetically right and right. i did mm-hmm. so um what's funny about all of this is it, my attempt to take ego out of the students that i get to touch in some way which sounded, <laughs> you're not allowed to touch me that's yeah. right <laughs> i said it that way on purpose yes but there's Boo. a whole area that i talk about like why are you here? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to be a birth worker? Is it A or B? Is it mm-hmm. A or B? So like, did you have a good birth experience and you want to share this with other people? Mm-hmm. Or did you have a horrible experience? So you're going to use this job to try to fix yourself through other people. But it could also be C, that you had a horrible birth experience. And right. You want to help other people not... not- experience exactly that and that's it's all like it's or, all a part of it, it and there's yeah. so you've never many had a baby and you just like empowering families <laughs> you just like right. listen y'all are killing my whole well but you, asked, whole you asked before about how do you how do you teach people this and it's i mean because like say you're at 20 weeks and it's someone you've seen at every visit because it just happened that her schedule fits yours right she's like well you're going to be there when i have my baby right and you're yeah. like well actually there's a call Ooh, schedule and you know exactly call schedule yeah. and i mean visit. if you have an induction for some reason which we hope you don't then you can pick your midwife and pick your day so some of it is is planting those seeds 
um, ahead of time, but I'm reminded, um, I went off call for a year. I was still working, but I went off call because I had three three children under five, and I just oh, I couldn't do so it. I couldn't hard. stay up all night and yeah, do that too. totally. So yes. and I I went to another midwife friend of mine, older, wiser midwife, um, actually Patsy Harmon, who wrote those midwifery books like the Blue Cotton Gown and those. Oh, that's so, cool. um, so oh, I love yeah. those books. Yeah, yeah. I just had she's she's my um, my youngest daughter's godmother. She's oh, a dear cool. dear friend. I so she. Um, you know, and I said, "Am I really a midwife? I'm not catching babies." And I, uh, and she said, "Of course you're a midwife because you you give your clients what they need to have a beautiful birth. I mean, if you had you know chickenpox that day, you wouldn't be there either. If your kid right, was right. in the ER, God forbid, right? Um, and it was such a good lesson to learn. I mean, it was whatever 15 years ago, so it's been a while. But it was such a good, and I'd been a midwife for a while at that point. To learn at that time is you know. Being the midwife doesn't mean that you're there and you make it perfect with your fairy yeah. dust and right. your magic wand and your glittering yes. rainbows that you guys talk about. It's yeah, to, we don't always have all those. To be mm-hmm. to be there with with white midwife means with woman, so it mm-hmm. means with woman even as you pass her on to the next person, or it yes. means with woman because yes. you walk in when she's ten centimeters. Or bring that voice or, in their head that's like oh, right, yeah, exactly. Like, this is- because like it's that. their birth, it's not your birth. About. And I exactly. think that's the thing. It's their birth, not your birth. Yeah, and I just <sighs> wish more people got that. Yeah, You get that. Tierney also, to like mm-hmm. add on to that, will say like, it is not my job as your midwife to give you the birth that mm-hmm. you want. That's no. so important. That's not my also. job. My job is to keep you healthy, to educate you, to help you make decisions, and then together... We will hopefully acquire the birth that you want. So I actually stole all that from her. Yeah. Thank you, mm-hmm. Tierney. And it's not I do even her tell job to keep them healthy, though. It's to give them the tools to stay healthy. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So it's like, yeah. So I took. I mean, she's been attending births for. almost 40 years. I mean, that woman knows everything there is to know about birth and she's amazing. So I stole that from her. I'm sure she doesn't because we all know nothing. (laughs) She probably knows even more nothing than I do because she's been doing it for so long, but she's so amazing. And so you hear these like words of wisdom and you'd steal them like I do. And then you, so I wish we could all just like take from each other these little, Mm -hmm. um, every once in a while when I'm at the hospital, well, first off, if I'm with a doctor and they're doing something, I'm all up in their space. I'm like, oh, show me. Show me what you're doing. Show mm-hmm. me what sh- What do you think? Show me this. Show me that. And they'll just like smile at me and let me watch. But every once in a while, I'll say or do something and I'll see. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh. I'm and I'm like, that. oh, my God. <laughs> yep. I just taught somebody something. And it just makes me so happy yeah. to like pass knowledge across the board. Yeah, because if we all pass knowledge across the board, yes. we're going to make births better for the people for, who are well, diversity for the person the that matters yeah, yeah. yes improves outcomes and well-being so we're not the people that matters on that note but on that note mm-hmm. you guys all matter to me oh maybe not to the system they don't care about you at all but i do <laughs> you don't matter to me <laughs> <laughs> You lie. She's just died a little on the inside. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, okay, if I was a listener listening to this, like, what are my takeaways? And I feel like all these issues feel so systemic and overwhelming. It's like, what the fuck do you do but, to improve this? It's like, well, we're all sitting in this room together right now. Yeah. Yes. We, we, we all came to this in different ways. And how to show have, up. And it's just like, sometimes we feel like what we do isn't important, but we've gotten those emails that somehow we changed how an OB in Canada practices and lowered the right. C-section rate. So it's like every little thing that any little person does to work together and to bring positivity and knowledge and helps. Help. If you take negativity out of it, the positivity is going to 
it's going to affect people's lives. Explode. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a. I, just, I was waiting for that. <laughs> no, we're not doing it. That. It's not happening. I was waiting for that motion mm-hmm. is what I was but hoping. No. It is time to close out this episode. Wait, so I need why to do. Why I gotta do we, a quick shout out. Wait, to s- why don't we dive mm. into our ending? Like a muff. No, do your shout outs. I, I got to Seda and Kim and Dr. Kula. You guys are fucking awesome. And Yay. I appreciate the last birth that I had at the hospital at Winchester, which is amazing. Yeah. That day mm, because awesome. of the nurses and that doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I had to do so that. So what do we all want to say to close out this very long episode <laughs> about so long. midwives and working together in different paths and uh, proving birth like ultimate like moms out there birthing people out there who are looking for options like my my the what i want to say is there's no wrong option yeah Mm -hmm. they're all correct as long as you pick the location and the person that you fit with the best and you feel safest with and you feel the most safe thank you for clarifying my last words you're welcome jess what would I do without you? Actually. <laughs> Actually, what you meant to say was. So there's what no. What would you do without me? Th- <laughs> I would die a very fast death. So I just want to say there's no there's no wrong choice. And I'm going to hold my vision very tight yep. of all of us running naked through <laughs> a field. Yes. Singing because my vagina is eight miles wide. Exactly. <laughs> oh, thank you for introducing us to my vagina is <laughs> eight miles wide. Ever. So Please funny. search yes. it on YouTube. Please yes. search it on YouTube. We will sing it later for you. But I. <laughs> I I'm just so sorry. No, you're not. I'm just I'm so happy you're here. Like this is like, look at all of us just talking together. And Mm -hmm. I want to say to moms out there, stop being apologetic for the choices you make. Be Mm -hmm. proud of it. We are so apologetic about all the choices we make in our life. Like I'm apologetic that I chose to raise my kids differently. you, And I'm apologetic that I chose a hospital and not a home birth. Or I'm apologetic that I chose a home birth and not a hospital birth. Stop being fucking apologetic. Like own your shit. Choose where you want to go because you want to be there. We support and that and find the people who are going to help it. you get mm-hmm. what you want. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say? So this is Diana saying I'm so delighted to have been invited to be here. I'm just We're so, so honored. It's so awesome. You're so um, so much cooler than I was hoping for. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take not, that. Not <laughs> that I you were cool. You're above and beyond. Oh, but I was like, oh, this chick is cool. But then you got here, and I was the like, she's that, actually cool. The fact that you like drove your ass around and tolerated it oh, was totally <laughs> fine. Um, but I think I think going back to just you know ask questions, listen to the answers. Um, go home with your partner and figure out what you what you really need, what you really want, and be also be ready to change. I think one of the bravest oh, things people have done good. is they find they're not happy with one provider and they switch to another one. And it may be that they go from home to the hospital, or hospital to home, yep. or from one midwife to another, or from midwife to a doctor, or vice versa. But this is your one birth. You know, we do tens or hundreds or however many births a year, but this is your baby mm-hmm. and you should feel as comfortable as you can yes. um, and as safe as yes. you can. So just, you know, follow, follow that little voice or listen to that little voice yeah. inside. You're the consumer. If you're consuming, Correct. you're paying money for this, get what you want <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. or your shitty insurance. Note, before Meredith goes, mm-hmm. uh, we all agreed that consuming is better than not. Oh my God! Ah, ah, oh, what was this there. whole thing? Listen, no, 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 no. Listen, turn, no, 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 no. We'll just let the, we'll let the listeners guess what that's about. All right, <laughs> go, go ahead. Can be a Patreon post. <laughs> um, I want to say 
don't close your mind to differences because it's when you open your mind to other people's stories and experiences when you might learn something you never expected and might actually create like real systemic change even though things feel overwhelming it's just like little simple realizations and conversations that yep. can make a really big difference yeah i mean look if a high and mighty CNM, a mediocre a CPM, mediocre CPM, and a lowly doula can all sit <laughs> in an Airbnb and make this kick. Where do you fall on the spectrum? I pointed at both of us. Oh, then I think everybody could be naked running together in a field. That's all I'm saying. I also agree with that. Could you say cheers in Russian, please? Because it's hot. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so basically the, the point of this is that we should all come together. Come right together. Right Eyes open. And the only other thing oh, we have to say is... Nazdarovia. Cheers. That's way cooler than cheers. <laughs>